Hello, everybody in the world. Because <laughs> that's how many people listen. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. Sorry, it's been a while. What, two weeks? Yeah, it's been two weeks. We weren't meant to do this Friday, weren't we? We were, yeah. But it was a friend's birthday, so we did that instead. We did. Yeah, and that was good. It this was. will also be good. Mm-hmm. Yes, welcome back to El Horro Tapo. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about Sam Raimi. Yay! Yay! Uh, writer, director, producer, that guy. Mm. We'll get into him. A bit of news first. We'd like to start with a little bit of news. Um, okay, America's on fire. We're not going to go into this because, like, don't we like to get too political on here? Because it's not a political show. Mm. But basically, <laughs> ignorant not to mention it. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It'd be a bit silly to sort of not mention it because it has like affected a big old chunk of the world. Um, yeah, today's Sunday, the thirty-first of May. Yes, it's like the third or fourth day of rioting, or sorry, protesting. Um, yeah, and obviously we have listeners in America, and our friends in America. So just you know, don't do anything stupid and stay safe. Please. Unless you're racist, in which case you're already stupid, and go fuck your own face. And please don't listen, we don't want <laughs> And that's all we got to say on that. Cool. 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 Okay, yeah. bit of news. Um, they're making another Van Helsing film, we mentioned this last week. Yes, this is the Jason Momoa, Peter Dinklage. Yes, it's going to be called Good, Bad and Undead. Hmm. Terrible title. Just very, gonna... very bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, this stars Peter Dinklage as Van Helsing, mm-hmm. Jason Momoa as... I'm not sure as Dracula, but or as a vampire. It's definitely a vampire. It kind of sounds like a comedy thing. Which sounds like the Frightness. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, so basically, Van Helsing is doing like a traveling show where he's conning people that. No, no, it's not a show. He's going from town to town saying, you've got vampires, and then I'll slay them for you. Mm. But actually, him and the vampire, Jason Moa, are in cahoots. Yeah. Or Dragonheart, if you want another comparison. No. Dragon? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, that's what they do with the dragon. Sean Connery and Dennis Quaid. I remember, yes. Conning God. everybody. I remember that, yeah. That's a good film. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a very long time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we, we will have a I'm not... It could be good. Could be. It could be good. It won't be. I mean, it's, it's, it's still, it's still be. not going to be like the Van Helsing film I wanted from the first one, which I'm still a bit miffed I can't about. imagine it will be worse than the Hugh Jackman one. Hmm. Surely not, no? One would hope. One would hope. But again, obviously, I've, we've, we should... we've seen some films recently, man, that almost shattered my trust in cinema. <laughs> <laughs> you finally saw Cats as well now, didn't you? I have. I did watch Cats last weekend, and boy, howdy. <laughs> I told you. It's, yeah, it's, it's bad. Like, you know it's bad, I know it's bad. We all know it's bad. Mm. I was watching, I did afterwards try and think, like, is there anything you can take away from it? And there's a, any audience that might enjoy it. I think even the furries are walking away from this one. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I always think like maybe young children, um, yeah, if they're not too terrified of it, maybe young children or adults whose brains haven't developed properly. Um, I'll leave that one there. And I, guess, I, I think, 
Mm. The choreography is quite good. It's not actually. If you go back, but and watch the it, editing is so shit that I feel like I'm not really seeing all of it. <laughs> I'm not really seeing what should I should be. If you see what I mean. The problem we have with some of the choreography, though, um, is that obviously some of the people that are in there are professional dancers and mm. singers and whatnot, and some of the stars they've got in there, James Corden, are Rebel very Wilson. much not. And yeah, Rebel Wilson. But I mean, like, yeah, the the kind of the but, grander, like when there's like ten cats all dancing. around Rounds. Watch it again. No, actually, no, don't watch it again. <laughs> what are you serious? No, uh, seriously, they're out. Some of them are out of time. Some of them are out of sync. It's all going to be like almost, you know, like when you do synchronized swimming, that kind of level of perfection to it. Yeah, and yeah. it's not there. As someone who used to watch a lot of theatre, who's done theatre, no, I've seen high school productions do better. Okay, but that like I cannot. I was going to say that was the one thing. The other one thing I'll say: Taylor Swift's segment isn't totally shit it's just kind of like a Taylor Swift video but if it was directed by somebody on acid I think I was pretty drunk by that point <laughs> um, so that and the um, choreography which we now know isn't good so <laughs> didn't like it yeah it's uh, yeah don't watch it um, the other one bit of news uh, we've been following this for a bit the uh, the kind of the death of cinema mm. or um the event, you know, what will become the death of cinema after it all closed at the moment. Uh, the latest one to not be shown in theatres is going to be Tom Hanks' next film. Shit, that's which is a, a big deal. World War, it's his first World War II film since um, Saving Private Ryan, which he wrote. Mm. Uh, it's called Greyhound, and Apple TV have now purchased that. So that will not hit theatres. However, oh yeah, and also there was that survey, I think I sent it to you, where it says 70% of people would prefer to watch films at home. Yeah. But that was only a survey of 1,000 people. So, take from that what you will. Um, the slightly <coughs> other side of the coin, Christopher Nolan's Tenant, or Tenet, whatever mm, the fuck it's tenet, called, yeah. that will be released in cinemas. That is still scheduled to be released in July. The mm. question is, who's going to go see it? Not because it looks shit, mm. because who... <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a gamble. That is a gamble. That is a gamble. But also, I think Christopher Nolan is the kind of guy who was like, no, you will show this in the fucking cinema or I won't work for you again. Mm. And the studio go, okay. Because yeah. he, he, he's a guy that has that kind of power now yeah. in Hollywood. So yeah, I, I think that's Warner Brothers. They are taking a pretty big gamble there. Like, I mean, yeah, Christopher Nolan's films make money. There's no doubt about that. But on face value, like going by the trailer, they don't tend to... In like when I finished watching the trailer for Tenet, I was like, "What? what? What's that about?" The same was okay. I love Inception; I think it's yeah. a great film. But the first time I saw the trailer for that, I went, "What? What's, it, what's that even about?" This and it was only through word of mouth that people were like, "No, no, trust me, go see it. It's really good." Yeah. So, I mean, Tenet seems to have something to do. With it. it almost seems like it's um, time. Yeah, almost because like, they mentioned time, the afterlife, it's Prince of Persia. Don't tease me like that. Because <laughs> I will go see it in July otherwise. I'm like, screw it, I'm going out anyway. Yeah. Um, right, yeah, something to do with time after life and it looks like an inception-y sort of thing based on those principles. Mm. But still, yeah, you watch the trailer and like... Uh... <laughs> yeah, you're Australian and like you can read the synopsis, right? I still don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, chances are it will be a good film. Mm. But, I mean, at this point... To be fair, Chris and Nolan has made them so much money off of things like Dark Knight, Inception, mm. Stella, that they probably don't care if they don't make a penny at the theatres. No. Like, you could probably release another three films, they'd be like, well, you still recoup yeah. your budget. Yeah, in the Christopher Nolan file, he's still in profit. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
We shall see. And that is the news. Not all of it, obviously. Mm. But that's just some news. I was news. trying to think if there was anything else I took from that trailer. Because I did watch a little tiny thing on it on um, some channel. And There's think... somebody that's in it, and I can't remember who now, and they didn't appear in a trailer for it, and they're not in any of the stills for it. And I was like, but surely they're kind of a star. I think it's Aaron Taylor-Johnson. Well, I think you might be right. I think he's in it, and it's like... How come he's not in... Well, I don't know. Whatever. There's a, I mean, there's a whole thing that they walk into a room, they go, what happened here? And they go, nothing, it hasn't happened yet. And then you sort of watch them have a fight backwards. It's Time Cop. Yeah. Oh, my it's, God. It's Time I mean, Cop. Please, without the splits in the kitchen, no. <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme has to have a cameo. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. <laughs> okay, on, yeah, well, he does. What else is he time. doing? I love Time Cop. Who am I kidding? <laughs> same matter cannot occupy the same space. Hmm. Right. On to the oomph. The oomph. The oomph of the show. See, this was a good topic for us, because we've had crap films recently, as I said. We have had some crap films recently. And I got to watch some of my old favourites for this one. Yes, and we are talking about Sam Raimi. Sam Lam, Sam Lam a ding dong. Mm. The man himself, the cult legend, the... The guy. (laughs) Yeah, that that guy. The wee guy. The guy who has made a career. Is he short? Yeah, he's quite short. Okay. We seem to be banging on about people's height a lot. But <laughs> well, you know, he hangs out with Bruce Campbell a lot. I think I'm partly convinced that's why he spends every single movie that he makes with Bruce trying to kick the shit out of him. But, you know. <laughs> How tall is Bruce Campbell? I, he's like, I think he's a good six one. Oh, I'm still taller. Yes, um, you are. So, Sam Raimi, born on the 23rd of October 1959 mm. in Royal Oak, Michigan. It's a small town. Mm. I think 50,000 was the population when I looked it up. That's today. Yeah. Yeah. So I think in, this is a small town. So back in 59, yeah. <laughs> he has a younger brother named Ted, mm-hmm. who he works with and is, appears in his films. Mm-hmm. He has an older brother named Ivan, who he also works with and he writes with and produces with. He also mm-hmm. has a sister named Andrea, and he did have another older brother named Sander, who unfortunately died at the age of 15 in an accidental drowning. Mm-hmm. I didn't, other than that, I didn't find much details on it did you there was one thing i started to read up on it that said um there was basically it was like a, a shot of an article but i couldn't find the actual article it was just the headline from it mm. and it was questioning why it was called an accidental drowning it's like well surely that's just a drown like drowning and they were getting really they were almost trying to push like there was something else behind it until someone said well no if you drown by accident that's accidental drowning yeah drowning someone is in a bathtub, yeah, like drowning their head down yeah, till the bubbles stop. Yeah, murder. Um, so yeah, it was weird. There seemed to be some kind of someone attempting controversy at it, but I, okay. Other than that, I didn't. I didn't really, didn't really bother to, <laughs> if I'm totally honest, look into a, a, a death from fifty odd years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, obviously very tragic. I think there was a quote from Raimi saying like after that the family became like very close knit, yeah. and there was you know. I say, say like people. Ivan and Ted are probably do his best friends. That's why he works with them and has done for yeah, pretty much all his working like, uh, career. Yeah, this is a, not only brought the family together, also apparently guided everything he else he tried to do with his life. There you go. I found. Uh, he went to Michigan State University mm-hmm. for three semesters, mm-hmm. and then he left. Yes. To make the Evil Dead. Yeah, my man. Fair. I, uh, yeah, uh, he was a Super Eight kid. Mm. One of these kids in the 70s that went around with a Super 8 camera making their own little movies mm. and eventually, you know, grew up to be world famous directors. A whole bunch this of guy has made more short movies than, than actual than, than yeah, I've seen like entire, you know, career long directors making. Yeah. So he started making these short films and Super 8 with his friend Bruce Campbell. Mm. 
who we met in 1975, and he made a bunch of these. Um, it's like It's Murder is one of them. But the one that we're going to talk about is called Within the Woods, from 1978, because it's, uh, they call this what's called a proof of concept. Yeah. So it's basically like a, a prototype, yeah. a trailer, a pilot episode for here's what I can do, give me money to make a film. Yeah. So that's why he made Within the Woods for 1600 bucks. I would say I've seen it. It's on YouTube. You can watch it for free. It's about half an hour long. Uh, the quality isn't amazing, but it's not bad. Um, I'd say for the diehard fans only. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're not going to... I saw the trailer for it. I have seen like a minute or two of it, but I haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah, you know? you're not going to lose out. Mm. But yeah, if you're a huge fan of his and like the Evil Dead films, definitely, you know, it's, it's on YouTube. It's free. Go watch it. Yeah, mm. it's, it's fun. Um, yeah, he even has things like when they walk out of the, the cabin... There's a bench swinging and banging into the cabin, which obviously they recreated for the film yeah. years later. So he's made this little film, um, this proof of concept thing, for 1600 bucks, and he manages to convince the manager of a movie theater in Detroit to show it before a screening of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Awesome. It's like a midnight showing thing. Yeah. There was a guy in the audience called Michael McWilliams who wrote a review of it for the Detroit News and published it, which was pretty... Not, it's not wasn't done at the time. Like They didn't review local cinema or short films or something like that, but he was so impressed of it. He was like, well, I'm, I'm here anyway, and so he wrote it, and it was published, and this got sort of the word out and attention, and suddenly there was a bit of a buzz. Mm. It's like, okay. So Sam Raimi decides he needs to get some money to make The Evil Dead. He wants 150 grand to make it. He goes to a friend of his called Paul Gillis, who is a lawyer, and asks him for the money. Mm. Paul Gillis says, no. As you would. No way. <laughs> so, I don't, I'm not really sure. He, apparently, this Paul Gillis, who's a lawyer, was a friend of his. Mm. And I think Raimi's thinking was, well, he's my friend, and he has money. Boom. Yes. It doesn't matter if he doesn't know anything about the movie industry. And he shows him within the woods, and Gillis is like, he, he just said, I hate it. Went, this is crap. I'm not giving you money. But he did give him advice on how to actually go out and procure funds. Yeah. So him <clears throat> and Ivan, uh, Ramey and Scott Spiegel and Bruce Campbell all went out begging, essentially. They bought these suits. They bought matching briefcases. Like, they were proper. But these guys were, like, fucking 18. Mm. <laughs> bought all these suits and went out to, like, different areas of, like, little towns in Michigan to, like, do, like, sales pitches and try and get the money. Mm. They eventually made 90 grand. And that's when they started filming. Which obviously wasn't all the money he wanted, but they got 90k to make mm. it. Which, in today's money, is about 350 grand. Mm. And that's when we come to our first film. The Evil Dead from 1981 like we say about 300 grand made by a guy who was 20 years old remember Verotica we talked about last episode yes cost a million made by a guy in his 60s yes and it was Danzig's first film Brainy's first film (laughs) (laughs) it's just no comparison is there yes The Evil Dead from 1981 written and directed by Sam Raimi i Pretty sure I don't have to say that for every film. That's the whole episode. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I think the original Book of the Dead was the original title. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And obviously it refers to the book in it. Mm. Stars Bruce Campbell, Camp Bell. Why was he going to call it the Book of the Dead? 
Something to do with HP Lovecraft? Yeah, literally big Lovecraft fan, wanted to use the Necronomicon. Yes, yes, he's a big HP Lovecraft fan. There you go, there's my one per show. Yes. Uh, Silas Bruce Campbell, Ellen Sandwise, Richard Demanacore, Betsy Baker, and Teresa Tilly. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. the plot. Five friends travel to a cabin in the woods where they unknowingly release flesh-possessing demons. Sick. <laughs> that's pretty much... That, that is the film, isn't it? That's the film. Mm. We start... You know, they're in the car on the way there. They're yeah, on the way there. They're all singing some crappy song, and you've got some like off kilt, funny angled shots yeah. that he will become very famous for. Yeah, and uh, what, actually, one of my favourite shots in the movie is right at the beginning, and it's when they think they're about to careen into the truck, mm. and it's just the still of the woman holding her hands up, where they just go ah! <laughs> and not actually moving in the slightest. That it's just a lovely little close up right on her through the back uh, window of the car. Yeah, they get to the cabin, they get drunk, mm. they read a book, Yep. they find, and this book, no, it's not, they don't read, they play a tape. Yeah, yes, and this Sorry, one. Sorry, they see. play a tape of a guy reading the book, the mm. guy who was in the cabin years before. His words, summon the forest demon, demon things. Um, and all hell ensues. You've got uh, a young lady being raped by a tree. That's quite early on in the film. That is quite early on. And that was <laughs> this kind of, there's now infamous scene, really, isn't it? That tree rape, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Used to be a group of our friends, we were walking around, we were talking, oh, what are you watching tonight? Evil Dead. You'd get about six people shout tree rape at you. Tree rape! Tree rape! <laughs> yeah. Because trees need love too. See, I still don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> um, well, even Raimi said he's like, that. that's the one bit I think I went a bit too far. Yeah, it's, I mean, it isn't like overly, overly graphic. You mm. see like some boobs um, and then there's like, there's quick shots, there's lots of cutaway. It's mainly um, kind of this stop motion branches. Well, I think they might have done it, actually filmed it and then mm. reversed the footage when it's pulled off her like these branches crawling up like her legs and yeah. stuff like that um, it's uncomfortable to watch man. <laughs> yeah it's, it is a I mean how the hell he convinced her to do that mm. I don't and obviously you've got that the one shot that's cut out from every version other than the full uncut version you do see the one branch just yeah fly. straight in between her legs yeah yes <clears throat> mm. uh, yeah and then basically these uh, once his friends are, you know, possessed. They turn into these deadites. Mm. Who are they? Zombies? Are they? They're not dead. They're, they're not, they're possessed. Not dead. They, they are. They're, um, okay. They're, yeah, they're just possessed by spirits from the afterlife. But I think it's the implication being they're demons from the afterlife who never were human who feed on souls. Yeah. Because um, yeah, they're not like everyone says. The Evil Dead, great zombie film. Not a zombie film. Yeah. Yeah, they're not zombies. They're more mm. like just possessed people. Yeah. Um, they look gross. They sound. I okay, what I'm actually my biggest fucking complaints about this film. One mm. of my, the only ones. They are annoying. Mm. The sound coming out of them. The screaming. The screeching. After it's like, oh god, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, cause it's got that horrible like distortion thing to it as well. Yeah. It's almost like that. Ah! Like, oh, three hundred grand. I could do that. And it goes on and thumb. like. Yeah, they're not easy to kill either. Mm. The only, so, the, <laughs> the only bit, um, but one of the voices that I absolutely love is the, we're gonna get you. Another one in the 
where it's just locked in the basement. Mm, yeah, that. Uh, well, I think it's a bit Cheryl, isn't it? Um, when he's there, like then smacking around the face, and she's just not stopping, yeah. and she's just laughing at him, and then then he goes to shoot her, and she goes, "Oh no, I'm human again!" And he's like. <laughs> so basically yeah they all end up getting possessed in some way or another except for Bruce Campbell character uh, character uh, Ash Williams mm. who is becomes our kind of hero yeah. throughout the franchise and a pretty iconic well, they, character you say that the movie ends with him getting possessed because Evil Dead 2 starts with what happens immediately afterwards after they do the little recap yeah but then it goes weird because he seems to be he gets I'll talk about it when we get to the second film but <laughs> There's, there's some, there are a couple of weirdnesses and inconsistencies in there, but mm. they're so minor, I really don't give a shit. But yeah, for a film made for 350,000 bucks, mm. it does look pretty impressive. It's got some cool effects. The whole pencil scene, which is still oh, the, uh, like the, the, other, the other infamous scene from the film, when somebody gets a pencil through their Achilles. Yeah, that bit sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely like, it, okay, it's a cheap film, but it's kind of like what we said with John Carpenter making Halloween. They've taken not a lot of money and done something really impressive mm. with what they got. Within the first, I think, two minutes of the film, we're introduced to three director trademarks that will follow Raimi throughout the rest of his career. Mm. One is Bruce Campbell. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. Who, even though he's starring in Raimi's films, is usually appears in like a cameo mm. or he's a... Uh, what Raimi calls a, a shep or shemp shemp yeah yeah we will do it in the next one um, one yeah that's one the other one being his 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88 yay which is his fuck ugly car um, which is in again in I think every film he's directed yeah is it even the is it in the Oz the the thingy in the blah blah blah? Um, yeah, it's in the background somewhere. I think. Mm. Um, I for, to be honest, I forgot to check for yeah. it. Um, Basically, it's Raimi's car, which is kind of like his good luck charm that appears mm. in all of his films, um, including the western he made, where it's disguised as a wagon. Yeah. The third one, the third kind of director trademark, is what has been known <laughs> to be called Raimi Cam, mm. which is. Uh, I guess you'd call it a style of shooting. It's got some other names. Like they, mm. I think Bruce Campbell's got a different name for it, but generally fans call it Raimi Cam. Mm. And basically, it's a style of the camera goes places that cameramen cannot. Mm. So this gets done a lot this day in these days because it's like, oh look how cool this is, but it's done with special effects. Yeah. And on big budget films, this was not a CGI film. They had a budget of zero. So. Um, I think an example I don't think it's in this film but imagine an example if you have a camera panning down a road mm. and it comes to a car and it goes over the car and carries on Yeah. now obviously a cameraman cannot run he could run over the car but he's not going to stay very steady is he <laughs> so coming up with inventive ways of doing camera tricks with no money they couldn't afford a dolly mm. so how do you do stuff like that he gets a plank of wood you bolt the camera into the middle, you have two operators either side of the wood, and when they run along, they they go either side of the car and simply raise the board mm. over, and that's how you get that kind of stuff. Mm. Stuff like that that he's kind of famous for, is I think what got him really noticed, you know, attaching... So we don't have a dolly, what do we do? Well, we'll just strap the camera to the front of a bike and ride around and mm. do stuff like that. And, like yeah, things like... 
zooms, ins and outs and dolly zooms and Dutch angles and just real nausea-inducing. Yeah. <laughs> it all, it all looks a bit off-kilt to go with a film that's already a bit off-kilt. Yeah, um, he, yeah. I, you know, if, you, if you're not familiar with his films, hope you like Dutch angles. <laughs> um, if you sure. know what a Dutch angle basically is, it's just a, a crooked angle. Yeah, if, you've got the, a crick, if you've got a crick in your neck, it's the first time you're going to see someone stood up straight on TV. Like. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, but crazy, crazy-ass camera work. Mm. He loves it. So like I said, this was a low-budget film. The filming process, pretty harrowing. Mm. I think of all the films we've covered, I still think Jaws sounds like the worst filming experience for somebody mm. um this is pretty bad though oh yeah so this was the cast and crew is made up entirely of friends and family because because <laughs> no money because no, yeah. no money the cabin the cabin in the woods in the film is an actual cabin i believe it's in tennessee it's not a set mm. it wasn't built they actually found that and they lived in it mm. throughout shooting 13 of them lived in that piece of shit jesus it had no plumbing it caught, there were many arguments on set, <laughs> as you can imagine. Uh, yeah, people did not get on. It was pretty awful. I think the first day of shooting, they got lost in the woods. Yeah. Uh, Betsy Baker had her eyelashes ripped off. Uh, was it removing some Removing makeup, some makeup, it? which sounds quite painful. Yeah. As I say, um, I think eyebrows would be... It depends. I don't know. Okay, well, um, I'll go do one it's not like it was, each and I'll let you know. Yeah, it's know. not like they were actually, you know, like sort of hair removal, like waxing. Mm. This, this is glue stuck on your face. Sorry, ouch. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, harsh conditions. Yeah, the whole, mm. yeah, living in there. I think there was a whole thing where um, apparently like Sam Raimi was getting into it a bit too. He said like one of the things he really liked was to do was to convey horror in a movie. Mm. Talk to your actors. Yeah, I've heard this. There's a thing with Bruce Campbell's leg. leg. Yeah, yeah. So he, he massively gashed his leg open running through all the woods in one of those scenes. Mm. And apparently, like, yeah, Raimi would just walk up to him before shots and just start poking him in it with a stick. Yeah, um, you can actually see Bruce Campbell limping in certain scenes, mm. can't you? Which apparently was down to Raimi, yeah, poking his injury with am I, a stick. Am I right in thinking they basically had no stuntmen at all for this one? If someone's getting thrown around in that film, that's pretty much the yeah, pretty much it. it. Yeah. Um, also, the makeup apparently was night. Like, the, the the contact lenses mm. that they said they like forty five minutes to it, put in. Or something he said it was like basically like coke bowls, like yeah. glass in your thickest glass on your eyes. <sighs> they took yeah, and they could only wear them for like a, a few minutes at a time. I think that was it. They could only wear it for like 45 minutes. It was like a full 10 minutes to get it in or something. Yeah, I'd yeah. Have, I'd have to check the numbers. But I remember just looking at it and I've, like, I've tried to do contacts for Halloween a couple of times. Mm. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, so obviously like contact, I wear contacts. They've come mm. a long way since 1981. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even yeah, stuff like colorized, you can't get colorized ones in like prescription or you couldn't last time I looked. Mm. Um, yeah, stuff like that. And yeah, this isn't just like a contact that kind of these go over the whole of your eyeball, mm. the front of your eyeball essentially. Yeah, not not comfortable. Glad I wasn't there for it. Sounds like shit. Mm. If I'm honest with you. Um, and at the end, when there was only they done all the filming and all they needed to do was some exterior shots, mm. they burnt all the furniture to stay warm. Mm. Like dang. Didn't they then realise was it after they realised that they needed to do the reshoots? There was, was like, like a couple of things that needed yeah, to be reshot. Everybody left except for Bruce Campbell and yeah. I think his brothers. Mm. But end result <laughs> pretty good film <laughs> yeah. pretty 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 good film it's yeah it's it's one of my favourite go to schlock it's, ones yeah it's kind of cheap and nasty and fun 
And it was a hit. Mm. It did make money. It got good reviews. It made money. Mm. People liked it. Except for Mary Whitehouse. Damn it, Mary. <laughs> yeah, so over here in the UK... During the 80s, there was a thing called the, the Video Nasties kind of like banning. Surge, yeah. yeah, so the BBFC in the 80s, the British Board of um, Film Classification, they didn't do videos. Mm. They classified and reviewed films, yeah, cinema, but when it went to video... It was a whole different... Yeah, there was, yeah. There was nothing. Which, that's just how it was. Mm. And then Mary Whitehouse came along. I don't even know what she was. Like, what was her job? Um, was she just like some activist for Christian Christian fucking rules? And... I honestly don't remember. Crap, I only read this a couple of nights ago. Basically, yeah. she had a big old stick up her butt mm. um, in the shape of Bruce Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's there's a whole list of what's, what's called the video nasties. Mm. The idea that because these videos for like rental and buying weren't kind of being regulated and obviously this is when VHS in the 80s started becoming a mm. big thing and films were more accessible at home they're like hey is anybody actually checking to see what the fuck people are watching mm. no why <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you how do you feel about trees <laughs> yeah um, and this was one of the ones that was hit by it there are many there's a whole like Cannibal Holocaust is a famous one. Yeah. Um, that's the reason The Exorcist was banned in this country for so long. That's the uh, reason. Zombie Fleshy is as yeah, well. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. was banned for like 20 odd years in this film, uh, in this country, sorry. And yeah, this one was also here. This was like kind of, I think this is, this is what made Evil Dead, it's really popular in the UK, mm. the Evil Dead trilogy in Sam Raimi. And this is kind of why, mm. because British people hate being told what to do and what they can and can't watch. I can't see any evidence of that. (laughs) (laughs) So, what do you mean I can't see it? What is it? What are you hiding? Hmm. It it must be good. So what I heard from when they actually did the editing for it, so it's the cinematic version, they took 49 seconds out of it, Mm. which was basically... um, The tree rape and the pencil. Yes, the tree and the pencil. But then when they did the video release, they extended that to a minute 55 seconds of cuts, which was the almost the full tree rape. Yeah. And the original version is barely in there at all. You see her get grabbed, and then she's on the floor moaning, pretty much. Then it's the, the pencil, but you see it go in, and that's it. You yeah. don't see any of that the lovely twisty. twisting... Uh, do the twisty thing. Because I forgot too. how long that goes on for until <laughs> I rewatched it. It's like, I'm Mississippi 1, Mississippi, Jesus Christ. And then it was the eye gouge at the end. Yes. And he takes the guy's eyes out with his thumbs. So, yeah, it was uh, eventually released on video mm. with cuts uh, in 1990. Yeah. And then eventually released uncut in 2001. 20 years after. 20 years. And then we, we, we got the full shebang. I was literally at HMV 10 minutes after it opened that day to go pick it up. Because <laughs> this thing, in the early 2000s, there was a whole thing of... Um, Channel 4 got hold of them mainly and they were doing like like events like the the, the UK television premiere of The Evil Dead mm. of um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre stuff like that there was a real they actually kind of had buzz. a nasty season yeah there was a real the film 4 as well there was a real buzz because all these films that had been banned for 20 years mm. in, in this country eventually we got to see them all mm. it scared the shit out of us mm. but hey this is I think this is one of the ones that a few of my mates watched me. yeah I can't wait to watch that and then you just saw them the next day mm. at school just slightly white in the face like yeah. uh, <laughs> mum wants to go to the new forest I don't want to go <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, it's yeah, it's a great film. It's a cult classic. People mm. bloody love it. Right. Then after that, you know, was successful. Mm-hmm. He went to work with the studio and he made Crime Wave in 1985. Now, we're not really going to talk about this because you haven't watched it and I've only seen 30 minutes of it, but we're not mm-hmm. embarrassed by that because Sam Raimi has disowned this film. Yeah. So, we're off the hook, mm-hmm. I feel. This was another case of massive studio interference again, wasn't it? Like, yeah, so I, I've seen half an hour of this and then the internet died. Um, I, I'm kind of glad it did. <laughs> I wasn't really into it. But yeah, Crime Wave from 985, written by the Coen brothers. Yeah. Yep, those guys, who also did some editing on The Evil Dead. Mm. Um, like I said, Raimi has disowned this. There was a lot of studio interference, the studio being Embassy at the time. Where are they now? Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, things like, he obviously, obviously he wanted to cast Bruce Campbell in the lead. They wouldn't have it. It's described as a horror crime comedy. Yeah. It isn't funny. It isn't scary. The only, it's like a, it's really. You said like Looney Tunes, you Yeah, there's like, there is like Looney Tunes sound effects throughout the film. Boing, boom, stuff like that. Um, Yeah, really slapsticky. Yeah, just not, yeah, not great. And the only, I said the only thing I kind of enjoyed of what I saw was when Bruce Campbell was on, st- on screen. Mm, he's like he's, some guy in a nightclub all tucked stuff. He's like, yeah, some suave like arsehole. guy trying to steal your girl. Yeah, yeah, he's that like guy. That. To be honest, if it's Bruce Campbell, I mean, mate, you take her, <laughs> you hand me back what's left when you're done. Um, but yeah, yeah the, the studio, just inter- like, loads of interference. Raimi hates it. Mm. It didn't make any money. And I... <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe there's some people out there that like it and think it's great, but from what I saw... Looking it up, it's got a cult following. Of course it does. Because reasons. Because reasons. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. On to the better stuff. Mm. Yeah. So, Evil Dead 1 was successful, so we got Evil Dead 2. Woo! Yeah. After Crime Wave, um, Raimi was like, ugh. Ugh. Mm. So he goes back with Bruce Campbell, and they decide they're going to make the Evil Dead 2. Mm. This came out in 1987. Uh, he wrote this with Scott Spiegel, another yes. one of his kind of inner circle, if you will. Weirdly, I think you were talking about that whole Channel 4 thing. The first time I saw Evil Dead 2, I stayed up late and watched it one night during that whole Channel 4 thing where they were showing everything. Mm. And in the same night, they showed uh, Zombie Flesh Eaters followed by Evil Dead 2. Nice. That was a damn good night in. <laughs> a good night. Got some pizza, got some beer. Yeah. Um, stars, Bruce Campbell, of course. Oh, of course. And Sarah Barry, mm-hmm. Dan Hicks. Uh, Cassie Wesley de Parvia, probably mm. saying that wrong. Uh, Denise Bixler, Ted Raimi. Yay! I think this is Ted Raimi's first kind of credited role. So the whole the thing was he in the first one he wasn't in the guild mm. or the the union, so he can get credit. He appears in it, kind of. Mm. He's like a hand. He's what was it? I said it earlier. Shep, a shemp. Yeah, shemp. Yeah. So that's a three a Three Stooges reference, which Raimi's a really big fan yeah. of. And the idea is Shep, or Shep, whatever his name is, of the Three Stooges, he died. Mm. And then they kind of filmed with Shep stand-ins. Mm. Okay, I know that. Yeah, and so it's what Raimi calls him. So what, you know, if you've got an actor who's busy, but you want to get a shot done, mm. uh, but you don't really need his face, like you just need a shot of his hand doing something. I, know Raimi, I think Raimi's left hand himself, like Sam Raimi's left hand is in... The Evil Dead 1 when he yeah. opens a curtain. That was like, yeah. yeah, so that was kind of 
Ted Raimi had a bunch of roles actually in the film, but like, yeah, that was kind of his main job was to just be like, just stand there in the corner mm. and put this wig on. You're this person for the moment. Mm. I need your hand to do this, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, he's the crazy one in the basement. So, Evil Dead 2, the plot is kind of the same. Well, this kind of the same. The film is like, it's like Desperado, isn't it? It's almost like a sequel slash remake of the original. Yeah. And I it think... does continue on, but you, could, you can watch Evil Dead 2 having not seen Evil Dead 1. Yeah, because it does a recap, mm. which they re instead of using the footage from the first one to recap, um, I think there were some legal issues, so they thing, had to yeah. reshoot it. Um, but yeah, you don't need to have seen the first one because um, obviously they reshot it, mm. and it, yeah, is a, a lot of people. Myself included, probably say this is the better film. Yeah, the second one's my favourite. Yeah, I think it's most people's favourite yeah. of the trilogy. Um, but it is, like, plot-wise, it's basically the same. Mm. Bruce Campbell, a.k.a. Ash, is in a cabin in the woods fighting dead eyes. Mm. I, I, I describe this one as I can't tell if this is where Sam Raimi hit absolute genius or completely started to lose his shit. <laughs> it's just the perfect balance of in-between. Well, this thing, this, obviously, we've just said the, the plot is very similar, but so Evil Dead, you can say, is a horror film. Mm. Evil Dead 2 is where it goes from horror slash comedy yeah and also we're introduced to the Ash Williams that we kind of know now groovy groovy in the first film he's just kind of like a all American good guy yeah he's a total sissy though <laughs> yeah in this one he's got like a bit of swagger to him mm. and Campbell can be kind of his more like charismatic self and yeah you get things like Groovy he has more hyperactive eyebrows in this film than in any yeah. Jim Carrey film it's, like. yeah it does go it's more like slapstick mm. I think isn't it sort of like 40% of the film is just him on his own in yeah the... a lot of the, after the kind of recapping thing it does go into like a Bruce Campbell one man show mm. and that's fine absolutely <laughs> like, that's yes. fine. He's, he's great <laughs> yeah mm. he nails it it's great this actually uh, got made thanks to Stephen King. Mm. So he was a massive fan of the original. Stephen he? King was a big fan of The Evil Dead. At the time, Stephen King had just entered into some deal with a guy called Dino De Laurentiis. Dino De Laurentiis. There you go. And yeah, they'd done this deal where De Laurentiis was going to make and adapt a bunch of Stephen King novels. And also, Stephen King was going to get to direct Maximum Overdrive, mm. which we will talk about at some point in the future because I need to see that. Have you not seen it? I have not seen it. I haven't seen it for years, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fine. I've heard things. <laughs> yeah, you'll hear some more. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Raimi and Campbell are looking for money, and uh, Stephen King's having lunch with Dino, Durantis, mm. and he says, like, you should fund this. Mm. Like, it's, it's, the original's great. That, the original made money, especially in Italy, where mm. Dino is from. Mm-hmm. Or was from, sorry, he's dead. Uh, you should fund this. And so he said, okay, King, let's do it. So he approached Sam Raimi. I believe uh, Dino De Laurentiis had approached Sam Raimi earlier mm. to produce, sorry, to direct Thinner right. as one of the Stephen King adaptations yeah, he was producing, which he turned down, but they stayed in touch. That got made by somebody else later on, and it starred Peter Weller from Robocop. Was it? Mm. I thought it was just going to look like oh, Peter Oh, no, Weller. it's um, Robert John Burke. Yeah, he looks like Peter Weller. <laughs> he doesn't, no, does he? He just shows up and... It also, actually, Thinner... I knew it was one of the Robocops. I, I can't remember his name. It's Joe something, but Thinner stars the guy who does the voice of Fat Tony in The Simpsons, Amazing. Gangster, and in it, he's playing a gangster. <laughs> it's so funny, especially, like, because I didn't see Thinner until a couple of years ago, and I was like, mm. oh, my God, it's, it's Fat Tony. <laughs> it's <This is> amazing. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's really cool. Um, so yeah, he agrees to fund it. Raimi wants to do the medieval thing, mm. which we get in the next film, but he wanted the second film to be set in, in medieval times, mm. not the restaurant chain, as in the t- period of time. <laughs> <laughs> in medieval times. Theodorantis uh, is like, actually, no, it should be more like the original. Mm. And Raimi agrees, and they get a big old budget of something, I believe, uh, 3.6 million. Mm-hmm. And we get the film. And the yeah, the budget helps a lot, obviously. They had a set this time. Hey, really moving up in the world. And yeah, you can definitely tell like they kind of they spent every penny. Mm. Like all the stop motion effects, all the practical effects, they really kind of went to town. He uses a lot more of one of my other favourite camera techniques in this one that he does, which he, like, he uses it maybe once or twice in the first one. Mm. But it's where the camera is attached to the weapon that's being swung. <laughs> and my favourite one is um, right at the beginning during the recap when Linda's jumping at him. Yeah. And um, he, the camera's just attached to a spade, and you just see him the spade through the air, and you even get the connection shot while it's still connected to the spade. Is it this first one or second one where you have like the first person shot of the head as the head's been decapitated and it rolls and it flies away? Uh, I think you have a totally different film. I think that's a different film. Oh, dang. You get uh, there's one in the first one where it's made to look like the camera is the axe head, but I think they're actually holding the camera and doing that as it's getting more and more covered in red. And that's, I think that's when um, Scotty's cutting up the first Deadite. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, as I said, I sat and watched all three of these back to back when I heard we were doing Sam Raimi because I was like, I've wanted an excuse for ages. There, so, you, there you go. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're the best. Um, yeah, so I say a bigger budget. Everyone, I'm, I'm not sure which mm. is my favourite of the three. For some reason, when I thought, oh yeah, we'll do this, I was like, yeah, I know those films, I've seen those films. Mm. I actually realised. I've only seen each of them once. Really? Yeah, about 15 years, when I was in college. Yeah. It was, the reason I think I thought it was like, in college, my, like, two friends of mine loved The Evil Dead, mm. loved Sam Raimi. It was the first time I got introduced to them through his friends. Mm. And yeah, they watched them all the time, and I loved them. And I think because of, they were obsessed with them, I just, years later, thought like, yeah, I definitely know those films. Mm. Like, no, I've actually only, once I've seen these. Mm. Um, but yeah, Evil Dead 2 is... Most people's favourite. I had quite a lucky spot because obviously, the, again, the second one and the third one, mm. pretty much the third one, pretty much takes up exactly where the second one yeah. leaves off. And when I was watching number two, it stopped at one particular scene, which is literally they take the footage from Evil Dead Two and put that bit at the beginning of Evil Dead Three. Yeah. So I just started Evil Dead Three at that exact spot. So I yeah. had to watch yeah. it as one fluid movie. Mm. Highly recommend you just do it like that. <laughs> but there are cuts of it you can find. Yeah, people have stitched. So these mm. three films do follow plotwise immediately after the previous mm. one, and there are um, uh, edits out there and cuts where it is all just one mm. piece. I was going to say that was the thing I was going to mention when we got to Evil Dead Two. Is Evil Dead One finishes with one of Sam Raimi's full-on camera rushes straight into Ash's mouth as he's screaming. Mm. And then beginning of Evil Dead 2, you see that that carries him all the way through the woods. He's this brilliant thing where he's getting dragged through the trees, doing all yeah. trees, sorry, doing all kinds of silly faces, getting the bloody crap kicked out of him by these things. Smacks into a tree, drops down, stands up. He's been possessed. He's a deadite. Sun comes out. It goes away. All of a sudden, he's fine. <laughs> And then, <laughs> like, after, I think he gets turned, because like, I've, I've gone all the way through and I've watched all apart from, like, I think, the last four episodes of Ash vs. Evil Dead as well. Yeah. Um, 
I think he's been possessed about four times now. <laughs> and they just, they just, I don't know if they just get in there and go, oh, he could have cleaned up and just sort of leave his body or what. But yeah, because I think it's, the, it's to begin with, it's just the sunlight. Then it's the necklace at the end when he spots the next that he gives his missus and you just, he does his full on, no! And then I can't remember what happens in the series because I, I, I watched it all when it first came I'm, out. I'm still making my way through the series. Um, I watch it not very often. Mm. I think they're just going after the book, the Necronomicon, which is the book that the guy reads from that brings mm. one back to life, which is an H.P. Lovecraft thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you um, find out who wrote it in the series as well. How do you? You get to meet the person who wrote it. I have not got that far. Uh, season two. Okay, maybe I have. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. No, I only like two or three episodes in season two. Anyway, actually, yeah, the last one, season two, I put it on. I was like, oh yeah, I should try and cash out with this and then I went and started cooking and I came back I was like what happened? I missed it <laughs> it was still going on what a waste of electricity yeah. um, fun bit of trivia in the shed mm -hmm. hanging up on the wall Freddy Krueger's glove yes yes that crossover did not happen instead we got that a piece of shit with Freddy versus Jason <laughs> I can't remember if there is actually the comic out there of Ash versus Freddy versus Jason I know it's one of those things he's also he's rumoured to be the next um, Ash is rumoured to be the next unlockable character in Mortal Kombat 11 ah. which has already got Robocop in it the Terminator in it I think it was in the last version there the alien in it the Predator in it it's like they're chucking in all these fan favourites you know what guys, like. I just had a thought that mm -hmm. Van Helsing film yeah it should be Peter Dinklage and Bruce Campbell sold Bruce Campbell is Van Helsing though Oh, yeah. Dinklage played a vampire. But Dinklage has to be like Tyrion Lannister. Oh, yeah. Level of wit. And Ash Williams. Basically, I want Tyrion Lannister and Ash Williams. <laughs> You're totally down with it. To get together and get drunk and fucking <laughs> slay people with their insults. Um, and also... That's the tagline. That's what we do. We drink and we kill things. <laughs> <laughs> Pitch meeting. Thank you. Mm. Um, oh, and also when he's cutting off his hands... The book he's leaning on. Uh, Ernest Hemingway's Farewell to Arms. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. And it's when he starts doing his, it's got the ultimate tooling up sequence ever. Mm -hmm. When he's, um, after he's cut his hand off and he's doing the whole making the chainsaw into his glove, cuts the end off the shotgun, spins it around, lovely zoom in on his face. Groovy. Yes. I cannot do a Bruce Campbell voice, so you can just hear me rasping through my own phlegm instead. Ooh, no, I can't either. I'm not even going to try. And it's when he starts naming things as he's doing that as well. When he gets to the um, when he's I'm being bitten by the the, hat, the head. When mm. he's trying to get the head in the bicep. Workshop runs outside, and then he gets in there. Chainsaw. There was a thing. I fucking love it. I've read that for some reason that workshop line. I think there was something about it that he had to re. It was dubbed over or something. Mm, I think. Oh, that's no, tool shed, isn't it? No, I think it was, no, it was work. Mm. It was work shed. It was dubbed over. There was something about it. It was dubbed over or something. Mm. And when Bruce Campbell came onto the set of um, Escape from L.A. to do his mm. cameo, the first thing Kurt Russell said to him was, "Say work shed." <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I should have read that and I threw it on the floor. I got it. We're in 1990 now, if it helps. <laughs> so after 1987's Evil Dead 2, which is obviously another success and people love it, he goes and makes Darkman, um, which we're not really is, we're not really going to go into that much. Like We're not talking about every single Sam Raimi film, by the way. We're focusing on the horror. Yeah, because this is the horror tap, not the 
film tap although mm. i'm starting to think maybe we should have called it the film tap and could have expanded it but never mind mm. <laughs> so yeah it basically he then goes on and makes a film called dark man in 1990 mm. which is a actually really big success financially mm. um it's a, it's actually quite a cool film i like I it really like yeah it. it's very really enjoyable how much i liked it until i watched it again because if you remember i watched it and then you said, oh, I'm about to watch Darkman mm. the next day. I was like, fuck it, I'll come watch it with you again. You know how we said uh, Within the Woods was uh, proof of concept? Yeah. It kind of feels like Darkman is proof of concept for Spider-Man. For Spider-Man. So Darkman is basically Spider-Man, but with gore mm. and the soundtrack to Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah. I mean, they're both done by Danny Elfman. Mm. They are really similar. Yeah. The, they the, really the are Darkman, similar. Batman, well, Batman was the year before, wasn't it? He probably, Batman was 1989. Yeah. So he'd probably only just got that one out of his head. He'd go, right, i got to write something new. Well, I've changed three notes. It's technically new. Yeah. Like, What's this next film about? A superhero, you say? In the dark? Why yeah. does this sound familiar? The thing was, Sam Raimi wanted to make um, The Shadow, which got made a few years later with Alec Baldwin. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> um, but that fell apart. He just basically, and he wanted to do Batman as well. So he just wanted to make a superhero film. Mm. Um, so he made up his own superhero mm. in the and form of dark man it's actually and, a really cool concept as well yeah it's a pretty cool concept uh, it stars liam neeson so it's from 1990 it is pretty enjoyable um it's very sam raimi lots of all those dutch angles <laughs> oh dutchy dutchy dutch dutch saying like the big like scene that you'll notice the most in comparison to spider-man is like when he's trying to work on a formula at one point and fucking montage yeah, montage sliding notes in the yeah. background all overlaid yeah. and bits and pieces like that and so yeah it's very much the uh, proof of concept for <laughs> spider-man and it has the single greatest line in any movie ever yes it does <laughs> a pink elephant quickly yeah <laughs> out of context that doesn't make much more sense we're going to talk about that much but we got to talk about that fucking scene basically <laughs> he's liam neeson's character is kind of he goes into like rages mm. from this because he's a scientist and he's, he's fucked himself up or something. Mm. Um, anyway, he's all severed his nerves. Yeah, he's severed his nerves. He's, all, he's, not, he ain't all, he's not wired too right, basically. Yeah. And he's at a fun fair and he wins this stupid game because he wants to win his girlfriend a pink elephant, soft toy pink elephant. Mm. And the guy's like, no, bro, you over the line, not giving you the pink elephant. So he breaks his fucking fingers, grabs the elephant, turns his girlfriend, it's like, here, she's like, I don't want the fucking elephant! Take the fucking elephant! <laughs> Take the fucking elephant! Take it and shut up your ass! I really like Liam Neeson in this. Yeah, it's, it's just fucking hilarious. Well, I don't even know if that's meant to be funny, that no. scene, but it's so funny. So the one where he's, um, where he's got Ted Raimi in the sewer. He's like, but man, I told you everything. So let's pretend you didn't. <laughs> and he holds him up through a manhole until he gets run over by a fucking truck. Yeah, that scene's hilarious. That's brilliant. Uh, anyway. We're not talking about that anymore. No. Watch it. It's really, really good. So Dark Man was released. Dark Man made a lot of money. Mm. So much so that a studio, as in like a real one, no, I'm joking, as in like a big one, <laughs> got, the, got, got wind of it and were like, hey, this, uh, this Sam Raimi kid, yeah, mm. he seems like a kind of cool cat, mm. made us a lot of money, maybe we could throw some dough his way. <laughs> so they give him $11 million to make Army of Darkness, aka Evil, Evil Dead, Dead 3. 3. Uh, originally, he wanted to call it the Medieval Dead, yeah, which is a brilliant title. Some people take refer my money. to it as that. Yeah, well. but the studio were like, no. Mm. What? What? That's a great title. It's a brilliant title. Although, 
I have a theory that studios don't like to confuse or complicate things mm. and the spelling of medieval is not the same as evil mm. and it's not numbered three so how are they gonna know yeah maybe there was another film that came out similar time madness of king george which well, is be mad as King George the Third, yeah, but they couldn't call it that because, because American. Well, where, where are the first two films? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a big because in this country it's still called the Madness of King George the Fourth, yeah. whatever it is. Um, but in America, it was just called the Madness of King George because they thought it would sound like a sequel. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was going to tickle you quite that much. Yeah. Hey, bro, did you see the first Madness of King George? No, I've seen two. <laughs> Wait, which one was? <laughs> which one's coming out now? Four? What? <laughs> uh, sorry, America. Anyway, <laughs> so Army of Darkness, aka Medieval Dead, mm. made in 1992, budget 11 million, grossed. 21. Just still made money. Yeah, <laughs> uh, written by Sam and his brother Ivan. Obviously directed by Sam Raimi. It stars Bruce, Bruce Campbell. Campbell. <laughs> Sounds like a bad thing. Oh yeah, Embiff. he's got his cameo at the end of Dark Man, by the way. Probably. Oh yeah, also there's a cameo at the end of Dark Man. Embiff Davids, uh, Marcus Gilbrook, Ian Abercrombie, Richard mm. Grove, Bridget Fonda. Yep, for about three seconds. Yep. Patricia Tellman. Ted Raimi and Bill Moseley. Mm. Him from that, those, you know, Rob Zombie films. Yes. Right, the plot. So at the end of the second film, Ash Williams gets sucked into a time portal vortex thing. I want to congratulate you on saying that with a straight face. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he lands in the year 1300 in England, which I don't think is... Really made clear? Eh, time, space, the UK. Yeah, so, yeah, so he's in America mm. in the 80s. He goes through a portal. He ends up in medieval England. Mm. But they never say it's England. Mm. But they all have English accents. They do very, very English yeah. accents. But filmed in California. Forsooth mm. and whiff and thou. And what is the plot? So basically, in the second one, they find out that the evil was supposed to be wiped out by some hero from the sky. Mm-hmm. And Ash obviously lands there, and having fallen from the sky, and yeah. landing with a a car, a double-barreled shotgun, a chainsaw. Everyone's like, the fuck is this guy? And then as they're about to try and uh, sort of grab him, this big demon flies in, and Ash, who by the end of the second one, was just absolutely fucking had enough. <laughs> and so just most by my face, just, just the, oh, for fuck's sake, look on his face as this thing flies towards him, pulls his shotgun out of nowhere, blasts this thing's head clean off, and everyone's like, ah! Forsooth! Forsooth, hero from the sky! Tis he, come to flee us from the terrors of the deadites! Basically, yeah. Hail! Yeah, and the whole thing is he's got to... He wants to get home. Mm-hmm. He's got to find the book. Mm-hmm. Read from it correctly. I can remember the words. I don't know why he can't. <laughs> I fucking can't. <laughs> you know why those words are important? Get me the fuck home. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sam Raimi also a massive fan of the movie The Day the Earth Stood Still. And those, Plateau is the name of the alien. Yeah, and those, that's the phrase they use to bring him back to life at the end after he gets shot. Oh. And it also shows up in a brilliant reference 
um, in the Spider-Man 2 tie-in video game, yeah. uh, which, by the way, is entirely narrated by Bruce Campbell. <laughs> he does your entire like um, tutorial thing. You're fighting against Mysterio. Oh, yes, Mysterio. I remember that now. Yes, he does it for the first and second yeah. one. And you're, uh, you're fighting Mysterio, and you're swinging around this giant version of him, and he randomly just comes out with Klaatu Barada, or I think it's Klaatu Barada Nikto. And he just starts it, and they just drop it into the middle of that. And I'm just like, Brilliant. that's really, really cool. <laughs> so, yeah, we're now set in ye old England, mm. times of medievalness. Um, it's definitely got a different vibe to 1 and 2, if, right, as far as the, uh, the maison scene. It's, the, it's like the full swing now, isn't it? It's gone from horror to horror comedy to pretty much comedy with a bit of horror. Yeah, gory mm. comedy. I think this might be my favourite of the three. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, just because of how bonkers it is. Yeah. Like, it's fucking hilarious. It is really funny. Most of the comedy pretty much comes from Bruce Campbell and his delivery of mm. lines. Obviously, he's in medieval England, and they're all like, forsooth, thy morning of yonder loot and blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, what the hell, man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the old one is like, um, who are you? He's like, yeah. who, who, this who, is who are you? You are, not, you are not one of my vassals. Who's asking? I am Henry the Red, leader of the legions of the north. Well, whoop the fucking do, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack just left town. <laughs> the other one. Um, Hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Yeah. Am I the one who's like, but you, those sweet things you whispered to me in private? Well, that's just what we call pillow talk, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's more cartoony and ridiculous. Like the whole when he's got the other head mm. on his body, um, the, the little ashes, the mini ashes. He's more Duke Nukem than Duke Nukem. Like, <laughs> and again, like, he, he reminds me a bit of Roddy Piper with some of his one-liners in They Live in There. Yeah, yeah. It's just, that yeah, kind, that of... kind of... And this is where he goes like full Ash Williams. Yeah. Yeah, he's gone from the clean-cut, all-American, gee whiz, mm. hero, to just a guy with a shotgun and a chainsaw for a hand. Sick. And it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's really funny. And he manages to construct himself a robotic hand that yeah. works in medieval times. <laughs> <laughs> he conveniently has all his college science books in the uh, back of his car, even though he looks about 40 in this one. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, we can't, we also we see the, um, the Oldsman mm. kind of... Uh, what well, it's kind of looks like it's just been destroyed when mm. it falls through the port. You're like, is that the end of that mm. piece of shit car? Mm. <laughs> no, 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 no. Still managed to do it up, and it plays a big part. In the and it returns well. at the end. There's <laughs> like a fucking fort chariot mm. on wheels. Um, yeah, I like it. It's just it is ri- ridiculous. It is funny. The practical effects are really impressive. The like the Deadite army mm. looks great. Yeah, like it looks really fucking cool. Apart from when it's deliberately not meant to. Because there's a couple of those moments as mm. well, which I love. So there's a bit where he fights three skeletons who are literally solid objects that get thrown at him on screen. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, originally, um, I do know originally Sam Raimi did want them all to be deadites rather than skeletons. Mm. And he wanted a lot more gore. And they were like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Samuel, no. You're going to have to wait a few years and start your own series for that one, mate. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, this... Released, it wasn't as big a hit as the second one. Mm. Uh, people still love it. I say, I think, I think it's my favourite. Mm. But I'm probably, I don't know. I haven't seen I them as much as I thought I had. I think it does depend on which version you see as well, because there's two versions. There are two endings. Mm. Um, there's two versions of the film. Yeah, yeah. There's mm. other stuff cut out as well. Mm. I um, actually found. Um, I forgot I even had it because um, I was cleaning through some stuff yesterday. 
and I actually found my copy of Evil Dead 2 and my double disc edition of Army of Darkness, which mm. actually is one of the only ones that actually says the Evil Dead 3 at the top of Army of Darkness. And the other thing that made me laugh as well, when the credits start at the beginning of the film, it's not, and it doesn't say um, Army of Darkness, it says Bruce Campbell versus Army of Darkness. At this point, he's not even Ash. Oh. It's just Bruce Campbell versus Army of Darkness, which I think is fucking great. What is that? Oh, I was thinking of a My Name is Bruce, which mm. is a totally different film. Um, we, that's what I need to watch again. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, they make this. Um, this was again produced by Dino De Laurentiis, mm. who basically let them film whatever the fuck they wanted. But once they filmed it, Universal Studios, mm. then they came in and this spent a year. in. Well, not so much a year being edited and stuff it just wasn't released for another year mm. after filming um they say the ending was reshot and there are two endings now mm. the first one they thought was too bummer man mm. um and also there was some kind of legal argument going on between delorenist and universal studios it was something to do with the character rights to hannibal lecter which right. obviously is nothing to do with this fucking film, mm. um, but Science of the Lambs had just you know, obviously been a huge hit the uh, year before, and Universal wanted to make a sequel. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there was an argument and like a legal dispute going on between them, and until that was settled, they wouldn't release this film. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood. Give me my ash! Hollywood, man. Give me my ash! Um, I, according to accounts, Bruce Campbell actually is not really a big fan of this. No? No, he said like... He's, he just basically thought the studio screwed over. Mm. Basically, there are a couple of versions out yeah. there. Well, the version that has the so-called happy ending, that's now known as the canonical one, because that's what the series carries on from. Yeah. And weirdly, that's what the video games carry on from as well, because it mm. actually had its original continuation in video game form. Yeah. And I played two of them. Uh, one of them is basically it's a Resident Evil game where you play as Ash, so you don't have to worry too much about being scared because you've got a fucking chainsaw. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second one was, uh, do you remember a game called State of Emergency? It was the game that Rockstar released straight after GTA 3. Vaguely, yeah. It's like this riot simulator thing. Yeah. Um, they used that game engine on that and that was one of the first games to have more than like 20 zombies on screen at once. And you just have them all charging in and you could get different attachments for your arm. You're just beating zombies down with a shovel. Like, and it had like you had an Ash one liner button, so oh. you could press a button and he would just do a quip. But I was like, like, I could just press. Would that you like a day. hint or a, one, <laughs> a witty one liner? Indeed, yeah, um, yeah, they were good fun as well. Hmm. Never played the third one though. So that was the Evil Dead trilogy, hmm. and that kind of you know from the beginning set Raimi up as, hey, this guy can actually make films for kind of cheap, and they can make money. And he can throw cameras all over the place on no budget with no CGI. Bravo. Yeah. Then we go into what I call the forgotten years of Sam Raimi, mm. which basically go from 1995 until Spider-Man came out. Yeah, 2002. Yeah. Uh, he only made one horror film in that seven-year uh, time frame. Mm. But he did make some pretty cool films, uh, which I just... Think, kind of forgotten about the mm. first one straight after was The Quick and the Dead which I watched last night which is actually a western mm. came out in 95 and it's really fun it's really fun he yeah. goes full Raimi cam 
right? <laughs> in the quick and the dead. You've got more eye close-ups in that than like the old Japanese kind of samurai showdown movies. Yeah, like, the, like, uh, I've seen anime with less zoom-ins on eyes on this. It's like, hey, do you like Dutch angles? Mm. Do you like dolly zooms? Mm. How about a dolly zoom at a Dutch angle? <laughs> Whoa, bro! Some of the shots they get, like, as well, like some of the bits, like, you know, after someone's been shot and you'll just see a silhouette, like, where the sun's come behind and there'll just be a hole. And yeah. the guy slowly realises, like, um, there's loads of the cast in that film. The ca- I have the cast list in front of me here. Mm. Check this out for a fucking ensemble. Mm. Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman, Russell Crowe, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tobin Bell, a.k.a. Jigsaw, mm-hmm. Robert Blossom, Kevin Conway, Keith David, Lance, Heg- uh, sorry, Lance Hendrickson, Pat Hingle, Commissioner Gordon from yeah. Batman, Gary Sinise, Mark Boone Jr. Tons of anarchy. Yeah. And uh, who was the other one? Oh, and Ted Raimi. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody guy. And uh, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. As credited as Wedding Shemp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got a huge cast. It was actually, um, this is actually produced by Sharon Stone. Mm. And she got a list of directors. They like, who these directors? We think Sharon, you might want to work with. And she mm. looked at, handed back, and went Sam Raimi. Good girl. And that was it. Mm. It was the only name she even considered. Yeah, it's yeah, it's cool. I really like it. Um, I think cool is like the emphatic word here. Isn't it? Like, <laughs> every, there's no one who can't gunsling like a motherfucker. Some of the people, like the actual quick draw shots, and you see how quickly some of these people are actually doing it. And uh, Yeah, they all had to learn how to actually do it. Mm. Apparently, um, Gene Hackman was the fastest. I can totally see it. He looks so because, natural in that. Uh, that's it, the reason was, he has a le- the least screen time, mm. so he had the more time to practice, practice screen, yeah. uh, his quick draw, and yeah, he was the fastest, and yes, yeah, like a young Leonardo DiCaprio, who's really good in He's it, really good. <laughs> and um, yeah, Sharon Stone's like really funny mm. in it. There is one scene, you know, they show you how to do a, a trick draw in it as well, or like mm. the cheat draw as I call it, which is when Russell Hand's still, Russell Crowe, sorry, still got his hands bound for the first fight. Yeah. And it was supposedly an old Western trick where if you have your holster so it's actually facing like forward towards your knee, mm. you don't need to pull it all the way out and you can actually snap halfway up. Yeah. And that's what a lot of the time they're doing. And then I think they've got the whole thing where was it when Sharon Stone goes to do her first shoot, he's like, mm. listen to the clock. There's yeah, a tick, tick before yeah, the bell. But, but, but sorry, if you don't want to talk about the plot of the film is basically it's a uh, quick draw competition. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, there's something else going on. But yeah, mm. that's what you're watching it for is these uh, old westerns, quick draw things. You could describe it as a best, like greatest hits westerns moments. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. like, even like the, the, there's a bit right at the beginning where you see some guy gets punched, falls out of the bar gets up, jumps onto a horse and starts riding away and then this like slow, fat, pissed up dude just slowly steps into the mm. street, takes a swig of his beer, looks down the road, the guy's like all the way down the road, he just pulls his gun out, just shoots him in the back, cuts a notch into his arm, decks his beer and goes back into yeah. the bar. Uh, like, Mark Boone Jr. Fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's a good film, check it out. Uh, the other one, A Simple Plan, he made in 1998. Which has got like really like critically acclaimed. Mm. I still haven't seen it. It's uh, yes. written by Billy Bob Thornton, though. Yes, stars. Uh, yeah, written by sorry, Billy Bob Thornton. Stars Billy Bob Thornton mm. and Bill Paxton and Reston. Can't remember who else. Mm. Um, they made that in '98, which say I haven't seen. I think a lot of people don't really know about it, but mm. generally it's considered a really good film. It's one of the. It's a good like paranoia between friends movie. Mm. I think like a much more serious version of Very Bad Things. So yeah, that kind of spiel. Like they find money. 
money corrupts, blah, 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 blah. And then in 1999, he made For the Love of the Game, which is some baseball Kevin Costner film, which mm. I've not seen. I didn't actually know existed until about two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't seen it, and I don't really have an interest in watching it. It's when Costner was, he was doing, I think he, just before, a few years before or a few years after, he made... Um, Tin Cup, if you've ever seen that, where he's a golfer with Cheech Marin as his caddy. That's actually really good. Like, as someone who thinks that Kevin Cosner should have made one movie that he did stuck to that because it was the greatest movie ever made, Robin and Prince of Thieves. Um, yeah, he's, he's actually pretty good in it. No, actually, I don't hate Kevin Cosner. I think he made some good. I like Dancers of Wolves. Mm. Open Range is a great film. I haven't seen Open Range. That's a good film. But then we both kind of have a guilty thing for Waterworld, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then he returned to horror. Mm. Everyone goes all about a film we'll talk about in a bit. And like, it's Sam Raimi's return to horror. Mm. Actually, this film was from 2000 called The Gift mm. or Intuition. I don't know what version I was watching, but the title card came up and said Intuition. It's like, mm. oh, okay, whatever. Mm. Intuition. Yeah, The Gift or Intuition 2000. Mm. It stars... Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Giovanni Ribisi. Mm. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And Katie Holmes, Greg, Greg Kinnear, Hilary Swank, mm. Michael Jetta, Dennis Deckens, Gary Cole, Bruce so Harris. at the time, but this is a kind of pretty good cast. Yeah, like. and J.K. Simmons. Mm. Yes. Of course, Rosemary Harris is Aunt May. Mm-hmm. Aunt May, is that right? Uh, yes, the Art May and J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. The gift written by Billy Bob Thornton. Mm-hmm. So it's, and a guy called Tom Epperson, but he's not famous, who cares? <laughs> not me. Supposedly, right, the plot is Kate Blanchett is a, a psychic, mm. a fortune teller, a, one of them. She's one of them. Yeah. She, she, she got the, well, the gift. gift. Hey. <laughs> uh, supposedly, this is... Uh, Billy Bob Thornton's mother also has this gift in real life, which is why he wrote the film, but whatever. She's, so yeah, she is a widow. Her husband is dead. They constantly say throughout the film, how come you didn't spot that coming? (laughs) J.K. Simmons is particularly brutal, isn't he? He's like, hi, ma'am, how you doing? You're just going to come out right and say, don't believe in a single damn thing you're telling me here, but (laughs) I've been told I've got to interview you. You're like, well, at least he's up front about it. So she's got a few problems going on. The plot is a little bit messy. Generally, I like this film, but it's mm. definitely not his best. I think I said it's a good film, nothing amazing, but I was like, I'm glad to have seen it. Like, yeah. So we have Kate Blanchett's character is this psychic, and she has got a few problems going on. One, her friend who is coming to her for readings, played by Hilary Swank, is being beat shitless by her husband, mm. played by Keanu Reeves, and she's like, "You need to leave him." Don't need to be a psychic to see that. Mm. She's also got Giovanni Ribsby, who is completely mad in this film. He's fucking good. Like, this guy has serious mental health issues, and I feel like the non-existent healthcare system in Georgia has let him down. Ah. He should be going to see a psychiatrist or a doctor, not a a, fucking psychic. A soothsayer or whatever she is. And also, she's got a bit of a uh, crush on Greg Kinnear, who is engaged to Katie Holmes. Then all of a sudden, Katie Holmes' character... She disappears. Mm. And that's where the plot starts going. It all kind of comes together. Um, Over me. Yeah. It's, I say it's a little bit messy. It is. I'm, don't expect the evil dead. No. <laughs> so I mean, like, I'd say the horror stuff doesn't really start to like almost an hour into it. 
Yeah, it takes a while to get going. The build up. I mean, don't remember, it's a it's a good first hour. Like mm. you need it there. It builds the characters well, and it does make you give a bit of a shit about some of them. Great performances though. Can we? How do you say Keanu Reeves in this? plays the most convincing asshole. Like he's... Keanu Reeves, I never thought I'd say this, Keanu Reeves is the best thing in this film. Yeah. He's actually terrifying. He's he plays sure. this beer-drinking, wife-beating, racist piece of shit. He drops an N-bomb. Mm. Keanu Reeves! This was just after The Matrix. Mm. And I think he was thinking like, you know what, I just want to do something completely different. And he goes out there and he does it. And we've shit on Keanu Reeves in the past about mm. accents. But I think everyone... Okay, I can't really comment on the accents because I don't... <laughs> we've not, I, well, I've not been there. I've been there, but I, I can't do one. It's, mm. it's, all, it's all southern. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I've been to Georgia, but I couldn't exactly pinpoint the accent. To me, they all sound good. Mm. And I think everyone, from Kate Blanchett to... Uh, Gary Cole the mm. douchebag from Office Space yeah. Michael Jetta they all give really good performances but Keanu Reeves is really good in this he's really he is really intimidating and just like it oh made me not God. like Keanu Reeves yeah he's generally scary thinking like mm. I would not want to bump into this guy no. ever in this, my this life this isn't the same man who plays with puppies in a suit on YouTube <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah there's a bit going on um, it essentially comes down to like a murder mystery mm. It, at one point, it turns to into like a courtroom drama mm. for like 20 minutes, which I don't mind. No. And then it goes back. I don't like the end. I'm not going to say the ending because I don't think a lot of people have seen this and want to spoil it. Personally, I don't like the ending. Mm. Even the the twist. Is like, yeah. oh, this is stupid. To be fair, it's a twist you see coming a fucking mile off. No, no, I mean like the very end. Oh, right, right, yeah, oh, yeah, the, the, yeah, oh, yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. The yes. twist, I, yeah, even, I'm usually a guy that sits watching a film and I generally don't know how it's going to end. Mm. People sit like, oh, yeah, I saw it coming a mile off. I'm not that person. Mm. I, any twist, I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> whoa! But, yeah, I, I, even this, I was like, yeah, I, I know what's, yeah, I know what's happening. I know, mm. I know what's happening. Um, yeah, I don't really like the so If I have, one, like, an issue with it, the film doesn't, really have one set identity like you, go, like you say you call it a horror movie overall but it's like it starts off as like all this almost like rural drama yeah and then it's got the slight fantastical element and then it's got the whole family almost home invasion moment and then mm. you've got the courtroom stuff and then you've got the more supernatural stuff yeah the pacing is a bit all over the place yeah. isn't it it's like I can't throw my cameras around so I'm going to throw my story around instead but like, yeah but no again I did like it I would say give it a watch my favourite bit is just when Keanu Reeves busts in the door mm. goes messing with the devil's gonna get you burnt mm. you just expect someone to be like oh yeah <laughs> break it down play this <laughs> I love that. Messing with the devil's gonna get you burnt. Mm. There, yeah, there's a couple of good Keanu Reeves lines in there if you hate everyone. Yeah, I'd um, say he's, he's really fucking good in it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a gift. Well, mm. say it's. Okay, the other film that's called The Gift that came out a few years ago, Joel Egerton, that one. Yeah. That's better. I figured. Too. If you're gonna watch one of The Gifts, watch that one. But, you know. Yeah, yeah it's. Check it out. Check it out. Do do the thing. Do the thing. Right then, Mr. Sam Raimi goes Hollywood. Hollywood. Although I'll say actually that um, the gift that made actually quite a lot of money. 
off of the budget. Um, I, can, I can imagine at the time the cast would have helped with that one. It cost it, 10 million to make it, gross mm, about 50 million, 44 well, million. Still back in the time then, we're like, well, these days you go to watch a film if you like the idea of the film. Back then you went to watch a film because of who was in it. Yeah. Then, yeah. Then, so, as far know, as we were saying back on that um, Tom Cruise episode, he's one of the last true yeah. Hollywood stars. People mm. will go watch him in any shit. Yeah. Stop <laughs> fucking up the movies that I want to be good though. Mm. So yes. yeah, that makes a load of money. And then we come to the Spider-Man years. Which... We're going to skip through quickly. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not horror films. Mm. But basically, uh, he went to the big time. And he made Spider-Man in 2002, mm. which is a great film. And uh, kind of a game changer. If I'm yeah. honest, like I, th- I was what, uh, 14 when that film came out, mm. and it was the first. No one had any had ever seen anything like that, no. especially like as a young teenager like me. Mm. The idea of we all knew Spider-Man, we'd seen the cartoons, but we'd never seen a live-action thing of Spider-Man mm. quite like that. No. And the I mean, fluidity and just did, say, did you ever see like the the 1975 TV series they did? It was like a TV I movie. I didn't need to. <laughs> Tell you what, if you're ever really bored one day and you've got a couple of beers, just watch the TV movie. Apart from it, it's worth it for the hairstyles. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so Spider-Man comes out, it's huge, obviously. Mm. It is massive advancement in CGI in this film. Yeah, definitely. It's a massive, big hit. It blew my tiny little mind. I saw the trailer for this for the first time when I went to go see Cats and Dogs at the cinema. I remember that. Yeah, Cats and Dogs. Are <laughs> I think I saw that at the cinema. I love that film. And the trailer, <laughs> when I went to see it, it was the first original trailer. The one with the twin towers the in the it. Twin towers. Yeah. And um, I think I would like. Don't be wrong. I love. I laughed all the way through Cats and Dogs, and I absolutely loved it. But there was not a single moment of that film that got me yeah, anywhere near as excited as that. Yeah, fucking like this was after the yeah, X Men, but the whole visual treat of seeing a man swinging through the buildings in that mm. style was amazing mm, the last little scene of the movie with him doing like the super impressive bit of swinging yeah that's the title menu on the dvd mm. and i used to, if i wasn't doing much i would just have that on in silent in the background <laughs> just every now and then just turn around and watch it in case anyone hasn't picked up by the way my nickname is spidey i'm a huge huge spider-man fan and i don't think i've ever been more excited than what i was going to see this for the first time. Even like when the, the Avengers came out, like I was shaking with excitement with that, but I was practically pissing myself. Yeah, I'd say, I, yeah, I remember this vividly. I was really excited about it as a mm. kid. Uh, I'd say the most excited I've been in the cinema is The Dark Knight, but yeah, mm. this is definitely up there. Um, so that was a huge hit. Spider-Man 2 comes out in 2004. It's another huge hit. Some people, myself included, say it's the better film. It is, absolutely. He's just nailing those number twos. (laughs) I still say, live action, this is the best. Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man film that's been made. In my own opinion. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people who agree with you. Um, Um, I I haven't seen all of them, mm. but... What I've seen. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, mean, I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man, but like he's always he's got that that constant attachment to the MCU to go with it, whereas these were obviously their own thing. Yeah. And I like the containment of it. Because like, my biggest complaint about Spider-Man Homecoming was like, can we just get Tony Stark the fuck out of it? Like, he's just done like six, seven movies. He doesn't need to be in this damn film. Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't seen all the Marvel films, but yeah, I would agree with you on that yeah. statement for that film. Um, and, um, how they, I 
mentioned before, like, I didn't re bother re-watching this trilogy before we went to talk about it, because one, I knew he wasn't going to go on it for too long, and two, I think I've seen each of these about ten times. <laughs> Even the third one, I've watched at least six or seven times. Yeah. And the, the bit in the second one. film where Doc Ock has his incident, he's in the surgery, mm. and they're trying to cut the arms off of him, and the arms wake up, but he doesn't. It's the most Sam Raimi horror movie moment that isn't in a horror movie. Yeah, it is scary. It's fucking scary <laughs> as shit, man. I remember even watching it the first time in the cinema. I was like, I am not comfortable. Yeah, it was weird. Mm. And he's just, yeah, you see his <clears throat> face there as he's like asleep and these things are flailing yeah. behind him, killing Alfred people. Alfred Molina in that is just, he's the yeah. bollocks. I love him in that film. Um, and then we got Spider-Man 3 in 2007, which sucks balls. Yeah, the, this one, I've got so much sympathy for Sam Raimi on this So one. this, Sam Raimi obviously started out making small films mm. independently, not a lot of money. He's now gone to, you know, the big time where he's in charge of like hundreds of millions of dollars budget mm. for these films under the studio. Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, good films. Spider-Man 3 kind of all went to crap because it was overcrowded with characters and villains and the studio were insistent that this... Venom guy. This, the Venom thing be in it. And he's like, but I've already got all this. No, no, you have to squeeze it in there somehow. And it was a big old mess. And Raimi kind of, you know, backed away. He'd, he'd done a Rob Zombie. <laughs> he kind of was like, fuck this, fuck this. I am out of here. That I mean, I'm pretty sure I don't have the figures in front of me. I'm pretty sure Spider Man 3 still made money. Yeah, it did. But it was garbage. Not, not it's, overall. No, it's, it's not garbage. But it's got bits of it that are. All the shit that you can tell he had to cram in. Basically, everything with Venom in it. Is yeah, crap. but also, like, I know we're here to kind of celebrate Sam Remy. I do not forgive him for emo Spider Man. No, no one does. That, man, thank you for the memes. What were you thinking? <laughs> no, apparently, that, I, I reckon that was him going, you, you want Venom in it, do you? You want Venom in it? You want your Peter Parker being a dick? Here you go, motherfucker. <laughs> You want to play ball? Let's play ball. Uh, Bruce Campbell cameo in every one, and his cameos get better as they go on. Yeah. He's the guy... Who's who... he? In? He's the maitre d' in the second... No, the third uh, no, in one. The, in the first one, he's, he's the, the guy who introduces him. In yeah. the second one, he's manning the door at the theatre. That's where in the Mary third Jane. one. And in the third he's one, he's the, the maitre d'. Right, yeah. And that third one where he's doing his dodgy French accent, and mm. they're trying to do the whole engagement ring, and it's the whole slapstick click thing, and... Yeah, that... Just, Thank you, Bruce. Um, <laughs> I want to say a big shout out to Thomas Hayden Church for his Sandman as well, because the Sandman stuff in three is really, really good. And the scene where he actually comes is to it? life and the way it's filmed. Yes, it is. Shut your fucking is whore it? mouth. <laughs> nah, Sandman was good, man. I'm doing the Thor meme. Is it? Is it? Mm. Uh, so even ironically, you're not allowed to use Marvel stuff, you hater. <laughs> I don't hate. I know you don't. I don't hate, I just don't love quite as much as some people. Well, you're going to hear some more of my opinions on that later. Uh, cut no. it out. No, no, you'll like them. You'll be, I'm sure you'll be pleasantly surprised. Right, so anyway, Spider-Man. One, two, three. Done. Done. Big budget. We're talking, okay, the budget for Spider-Man 3, $250 million. Oof. Right. So yeah, he is now a big time, big time guy. Mm. But Spider-Man Three, he has such a bad experience making it. He retreats. Mm. He retreats into the next film. Bonjour. 
So, after the wholly depressing experience that was Spider-Man 3, mm -hmm. and the working with the studio, Sam Raimi went and made Drag Me to Hell in 2009, mm. which is a smaller budget, mm -hmm. smaller film. Yes. I think he was kind of having a break from the Hollywood big studio machine. Yeah. So what was the budget? Uh, Spider-Man 3, $250 million. Yeah. Drag Me to Hell. 30 million bucks. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually written by him and his brother Ivan just after they finished filming Army of Dead. Mm, Army of Darkness. Army of the Dead. Yeah. Army of Darkness, sorry. Army of the Dead's the Zack Schneider movie I'm waiting for. Yes. <coughs> Getting our films confused. Or Medieval Dead. Mm, which should have been the title. It really should have. <coughs> so yeah, just after they finished that, they wrote Drag Me to Hell um, with the plan that, oh, we're going to make this next. But then things were happening... Never really got around to it. Next thing you know, you're making Spider-Man films. Mm. So it took a while yes. to get this one down. It stars Alison Lohman. Mm -hmm. Originally Ellen Page, actually. Oh, really? They look quite similar. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Justin Long. Yeah, he's a drip. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> uh, so Lorna... the, if you look, there's no point in playing a really nice guy if you're going to be so fucking unlikable while you're doing <laughs> it. <laughs> Lorna Raver... Dilip Rayo, I'm sure I'm mm. pronouncing that wrong. Right. David Pramer, Aria, Andriana Baratza. Baratza, and Reggie Lee. Mm. Reggie Lee was um, uh, Lau in Dark Knight, wasn't he? Yes, yes he was. Yes, he yeah. was. Yes, 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 yes. So, the plot is about the bankers and how they're screwing over the poor. Is it though? <laughs> Just a setup. Yes. <laughs> Gentrification okay. is ruining small town America mm. and driving up the retail prices of houses and driving people out of their homes mm. and fuck the banks. Okay. And that's what you get. Yeah. So anyway, there's this bitch who works in the loans. <laughs> <laughs> and she won't give an extension on a loan some little old lady. So the old lady's like, you shame me. You shame me. She puts a curse on her which I'd do as well. <laughs> and then she gets fucked up from it. Scene. <laughs> Roll credits. Yeah, that's like an hour and 40 minutes <clears throat> right there. Like, hour and 40? Um, yeah, it's pretty much bang on an hour and 40 as well. So, yeah, so Alison Lohman, uh, she's, she's working in the bank. She's pretty, what do you say, meek, mousy? Yeah. She's, she's the shy little... She's an introvert. Pretty little southern girl kind of thing. Yeah. Going on, like. Pork queen. Was that? <laughs> she was the pork queen. Yes, oh yeah, she used to, she used to be a fat girl. Yeah, she, now used she's, be, she used to be a fat girl. She's pretty and thin. <clears throat> yeah, she's kind of yeah. Um, she's that's why she's dating Justin Long. Yeah, who's just bland as. <laughs> just such. A, I've wrung out underwear. And he he is such a drip. I think I saw this just after oh, something else he was in. I didn't enjoy. Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, I really didn't like Justin Long for a, a, a long time. Yeah, I'm getting that. <laughs> So she she's competing for a promotion with Reggie Lee, who's just a complete dick in this film. He plays one of the most hateable, sleazy characters. Yeah, he, he is, does it really he, well. He does a great job here. <laughs> uh, they're competing for a uh, you know, promotion. Um, David Pramer's like, Pramer, sorry, is like, you're not really aggressive enough mm. here at the bank. Basically, if you want to get anywhere in life in this career, you need to be more of a piece of shit. Mm. Because you work in banking now. <laughs> mm. So she decides to screw over a little old lady. 
big mistake. Oh, we've talked about this. I think we, I'd end up going to hell. I'd, I'd be in that situation. You wouldn't give her the extension? She is like, what, an 80-year-old woman or 70-year-old woman who's had two extensions, who has no money, no way of paying the money back. The way I look No, no, she says she's waiting to come into money. No, is she, though? Exactly. Well, you're just she's automatically just, assuming this woman's a liar because she's, she's poor? Uh, no, because she's had two extensions and because she's left her gummy fucking false teeth on my desk. <laughs> but, yeah, um, that is gross. Well, no, the actual reason I had to think behind it was if I give her another extension, it's further debt, it's more money, you can t- fuck her up just as much. So it's like, I can fuck you over immediately and you can start looking into a solution or we just postpone it and then you've got to look into the situation however much longer down the line. The same thing's going to fucking happen, but more debt. That was my thinking. That was your thinking? Yeah. Straight to fucking hell. (laughs) (laughs) So this woman, she is shamed. Mm. She's shamed by the evil loan officer (laughs) and decides to put a curse on her where she is then stalked by Goat Boy from the Bill Hicks routine. (laughs) Brilliant reference. Brilliant reference. Send in vanilla ice. <laughs> so anyway, and yes, but it's kind of it's it's possession. It's not sorry, it's not possession, it's a curse, it's, it's an old Romanian gypsy curse. This devil is stalking her. Um it goes back to it's not the camera work isn't as mental as it's been before in Raimi films. Mm. It's, it's still a bit, obviously. Oh, there's a couple of bits where it does. There's a couple crazy. of bits, but it's generally it's a more. bit more subdued, mm. um, which I don't have a problem with. Mm. No, I, I do enjoy. I like this film actually. I really like. It. Again, this was the other one that you said. Well, I'd watched it like two days before. Mm. You, I think you didn't. You watch this and Darkman pretty much back to back. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Last week's been a blur. Yeah, I came in and you were watching one of them, and you were like, oh, "I'm going to put the other one on," and I was like, "Well, I've just watched them both in the last couple of days, but I really like both of them." So, hmm. to be fair, if I'd known you were watching The Quick and the Dead last night and my girlfriend wasn't around, that'd probably come through and watch that. The, I don't know, Sam Raimi's got a real weird tickle in me with his movies. Like. He does. He kind of takes you know, things that we like, mm. horror and the imagery, and puts them in this kind of really tongue-in-cheek, cheesy way. Mm. And he, you, know, you can look at, like, say, oh, you know, the Evil Dead trilogy. Obviously, those films are pretty old now, and they have a big budget, whereas this... Relatively recent film with a bigger budget, but it's still a Sam Raimi film. Mm. It's still gross and hilarious. It's so and the, funny. The, the the hilarity comes from some of the gross. So basically, this woman who has been beaten down by this evil bank when she tries to take her revenge at one point attacks her in her car and tries to bite her face off, but her false teeth have fallen out. Mm. So she just kind of gnaws on her chin. <laughs> Gumming on her chin, gumming, dribbling into her mouth. Yes, gumming on her it. chin, and she dribbles a lot. And there's, there's a lot of body fluids flying about this, this was it, film. Actually, I think I worked out it's like three times she gets something coming out of her mouth. Bonnie, you've got that bit. Yeah, twice she gets her hair ripped out. Uh, uh, it's three. Another three. It's three. Three times she gets her hair ripped out. Uh, once in the car. Once at the funeral. Once in the grave. Yes. Um, 
And then, uh, da -da 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 -da. oh, what was the other bit? Alison Lohman did all revenge, well, most of her own stunts as well. Fair play. To she, I does, think she gets thrown around a lot. She gets a crap beat in her. Apparently, <laughs> she, uh, when talking about you know, taking on this role, she actually is not a horror film fan, mm. but she liked the idea of doing all of her, like, doing her own stunts. Like, that's kind of what she enjoyed, the physicality of it. Mm. And also, going back, Raimi is a big fan of Three Stooges, which I've never actually seen, but from what I understand, is pretty much all slapstick comedy. Yeah, like you say, the, the biggest example I can think of it in... Um in a movie would be in Army of Darkness when um, when he gets the words wrong and he's running away and all the hands come up and grab him from the floor and you've got you actually get the slaps in the face the eye gouge and the yeah. everything and, like yeah. and then the oh, 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 it's like 12 hands come out of nowhere and boff him and like I, don't, I think this is as close as he's got to go full Raimi on a budget this one like. yeah yeah and um, it's about possession and you have all, so not as much of the weird cameras you've got a Brilliant goat at the end. Oh, I fucking love that. They accidentally no. Those the purpose. The point is they're going to summon this demon that is stalking this woman, mm. and they're going to stick it into a goat mm. <laughs> that they've got lying around. And then once it's in the goat, they're going to kill the goat. But they they fuck it up. Of course they do. And so the goat's there, possessed, mm. and it's fucking hilarious. Like, you bitch. Mm, <laughs> it look, reminds me of the um, the elk head on the wall in the cabin when yeah. that starts laughing at him in Evil Dead 2. That's all I could yeah. think. I love the goat. Yeah, and then the goat bites the guy next to him. Mm. Now, I'm not saying he basically turns into a deadite at that point. He, but he basically yeah, turns he basically into a deadite. Turns into a deadite even the sort of same voice. Mm. The, yeah. the same creepy it's, it's floating very, effect in the wind in the hair. Very deadite um, this film was actually offered to Edgar Wright. Raimi offered this to Edgar Wright to direct. Do you know what? If anyone else was going to do it, that's mm. the guy. Well, Edgar Wright turned it down for two reasons. Mm. One, he was busy um, making Hot Fuzz. Yeah. He wanted to get on with that. And also, he's obviously, he is a huge Massive Sam, Sam Raimi, Raimi fan. Yeah. Loves Evil he said it would just be like doing karaoke. That's fair. I mean, <laughs> you've got to imagine, though, like, how hard did he jerk himself off after getting offered that by one of his favourite directors? Like, But, yeah, and also how hard to for somebody like Edgar Wright to turn that down. Mm. But at the same time, knowing that was probably the right decision. I bet Sam Raimi had a ton of respect for him for doing it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this is back to Sam Raimi kind of going back to his roots mm. after the <clears throat> Spider-Man 3 fiasco. And there's lots of things where he says, like, you know, when you're making something like Spider-Man, it's like hundreds of millions of dollars, mm. and y y you're just kind of relying on other people to do shit for you. Mm. You are, you know, second unit directors doing that, and lots of the huge cut crew running around doing stuff. Whereas, you know, this is the guy who started out by strapping cameras to bicycles and riding them around himself. Mm. And so he's a hands-on behind literally behind the camera guy yeah and there are actually you know there aren't actually many people sorry directors that do that mm. there's which is something I learned recently generally you think oh yeah director he's the one no no he's not behind you have a cameraman behind the camera the director is off somewhere else looking for a monitor mm. there's few that actually are there physically behind the camera themselves Raimi uh, Tarantino is one that mm. I believe still does it today yeah there's a foot on screen there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think that kind of... Oh, God, I hate for Tarantino to release a movie in iSense. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that kind of involvement shines through mm. in people's work. Like, yeah, Raimi is a... He knows a camera. Mm. I mean, 
I don't like all of his shots. Some of it gives me a headache. Mm. But at least he's doing it, and you can tell that's him doing that. Mm. Anyway, <clears throat> Drag Me to Hell. Good film. Really, really funny. Yeah. Really, really good. Made me jump so much the first time I watched it. There are some There's jumpy some jumps in there. Like. Yeah, there are some jumpy yeah, moments. I, was, well, I watched it with because um, I didn't realize my girlfriend Abby. She's a massive fan of this film, mm. and we were watching it one night. Like she'd had a couple of glasses of wine, was like lying on my lap watching it. And I think it's when she goes into the kitchen, the pots and pans go off, mm. and she kind of twitched a little bit when that happened. And oh god, that made me! And before she could say jump, the next jump hits, <laughs> and she literally levitated off the sofa like fucking Reagan that... in The Exorcist. Though. <laughs> Is that the first time we see Goat Boy? Yeah, I think it's the first silhouette of the goat just boom yeah. right in her face. Like, yeah. Um, oh, that poor kitten. Um. <laughs> but as far as horror goes, and Sam Raimi, whose name I'd say is pretty synonymous of horror, yeah. you you just think Evil Dead. Mm. I mean, yes, there are the Spider-Man films, which obviously everybody's seen and were very big. But as a filmmaker, you would, he has obviously he's not like pinned down to horror, but that's kind of his bread and butter. Yeah. That was the last horror film he made in um, 2009. <laughs> the first, last horror film he made deliberately. <laughs> we'll carry on to that in a minute. So, here's the thing. Sam Raimi hasn't directed a film since 2013. Mm. Uh, there's, there's reasons you can read online as to why he hasn't directed anything since. Usually, all fingers point to Spider-Man 3. Mm. Um, but in 2013, the last film he made, which was a prequel to The Wizard of Oz, which nobody fucking expected. Mm. I mean, being that there's already a, theater, like a stage play called Wicked that kind of covers that, because that starts before The Wizard of Oz and ends afterwards. I have not seen it, but apparently it's very good. I've heard that Wicked is very good, yes. And anyway, yeah, so he made... Oz, the great and the powerful. Mm. Now, again, this isn't a horror. I don't really talk about it that much. I haven't seen it. So if I may stop Since you there a couple for of years. one second. Um, but right. but you, you did watch it. I did watch I watched this last night. Um, this is a fucking kids horror movie. Me and Abby were watching it. And like there are bits in it. If I'd seen this as a kid... This would have been my return to Oz. It would have scared the shit out of me. Somebody actually messaged me last night. Mm. Saying, have you ever talked about Return to Oz on the show? And I was like, I think it's come up before, but I've never mm. mentioned it. And I was saying, because that scared the shit out of me. That's fucking terrifying. As a child. Yeah. So is this like a modern version of it? Sort but of. Not like, yeah. As in like the modern equivalent, yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. Here, right, here's, here's how I describe um, the plot to Oz the Great and Powerful. Will you just stop me when any of this sound starts sounding familiar? So, guy falls out of the sky, lands in a strange land... All right. With all this stuff that they don't know about and all these little gadgets, gizmos and tricks that he can do. They think he's some destined hero. He becomes the reluctant hero. And then at the end when he tries to run away, he decides to come back, do the decent thing and save the day. It's fucking Army, so of, Darkness Army of Darkness all over again. It is like beat for beat. And I was watching it like that. Does James Franco have a boomstick in it? James Franco is fucking awful in it. <laughs> First half, I know it's a very deliberate thing that his character's meant to be unlikable, and then he has a bit of a turnaround. So the, James Franco's character is the one that turns out to be the the actual wizard. The, the wizard in the, the original Wizard of Oz, wizard yeah. of Oz. right? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so that's that's who he's meant to be in it. Um, he's such a douchebag for the first half of the film. It, 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 he doesn't. He can't redeem himself. He, he goes full Franco. He does go full Franco. <laughs> so, buddy, we said act, yeah. Like, <laughs> 
Um, I tell you, James Franco can be alright. Generally, I'm not a massive fan of him, to be honest. Um, a couple yeah, of films I like. Yeah, him. I'd agree. I, but I have a soft spot because I remember him from uh, Freaks and Geeks, the TV mm. show, which I fucking love. Yeah, um, I love him in Pineapple Express. I think he's really funny in that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, but I mean, I haven't seen a lot where I do like. I didn't even think he was that great in the Spider-Man films. Uh, actually, one of my favourite roles he's done is playing himself in uh, mm. This Is the End. That's, yeah, that was funny. But that, you don't that, like that, art. That I like. I like. I like it when anyone can just full on rip on himself. Yeah, yeah that um, was funny. But yeah, I was great. The the great and the the whatever. Mm. I say I haven't seen it in a very long time. I don't really have any desire to watch it again. Um, it's, it was. If I said I I remember kind of liking it, and by the time it finished again, I was like, yeah, I kind of like it. Mm. Because largely, I don't know why, but Mia Kunis, even when she's in the scary world. Even when she's green. Even when she's green, dude. I remember that. Yeah, (laughs) Jeff. I'm like, hang on a minute, they're giving me Rachel Weiss and Mia Kunis. I am confusions. It's like Mia, Michelle Williams, yes, normally, but could you give me a moment? Um, (laughs) I've got to deal with the dark haired ones. Um, Yeah. It looks really good. Um, the film obviously this was one of those big 3D movies though oh, there's well, yeah. so many back when 3D, 3D was going to change cinema and James Cameron totally didn't yeah, nice one dude <laughs> anyway so that film happened mm. in 2013 I uh, don't think many people remember it I'm sure it was a hit I, I, just, I don't, don't care that much nah. anyway that was the last film he directed mm. and he hasn't directed anything since in seven years people are like well why isn't he making films anymore he's produced a shitload of stuff mm. which we'll go into quickly now and a few episodes of stuff he's directed as well he's a few he? he's directed the odd TV show of like an episode an, an episode, episode yeah. of Ash vs. Evil Dead and stuff like that um, he has been producing shit for years though mm. hey here's one do you know what he produced in 1994 Briscoe County Junior Time Cop that's in the Van Damme movie yeah I didn't know that! It's yeah. fucking awesome! He also produced Hard Target in 93, the other... I didn't know that either, but Hard Target's really... That's a John Woo movie as well. Yeah. That's some kudos on that one. And he did that Hercules TV show. Which was, I remember it being on Channel 5. It's great. Um, <laughs> I hear no arguments on that. And Xena as well. He's also produced some films that really just didn't need to be made. The Grudge remake from 2004... Mm, I think that was again. He was still vaguely attached to horror at that. Trying mm. to stay it because he was it Poltergeist as well. Yeah, we, yeah, Poltergeist. Uh, yeah, another remake from 2015. Uh, Boogeyman, mm. 2005, which is not a sequel to Boogie Nights. Um, <laughs> the Grudge Two, 2006. Mm. Um, oh, he did produce though Thirty Days a Night, which we're fans of. Mm, I do remember that actually. Yeah. yeah. The Evil Dead remake from 2013, mm-hmm. which, which again I like. We, yeah, I, actually no, I didn't hate it. Hmm. Uh, yeah, as I said, the Poltergeist. You said sorry, the Poltergeist remake from 2015, uh, a film called Don't Breathe from 2016. Oh, that's the um, ah, is that the that's the blind deaf woman sneaking around or the blind woman sneaking around the house? Home invasion. Not seeing it. I'll look into it because I think that's one that he's watching at some point. Uh, recently, Cruel came out last year, which sounds like Jaws but with a crocodile or alligator. I don't know. It does. It's, apparently, it's quite good. Mm, I might, yeah. might check that out actually next week. Um, and The Grudge in 2020, the the remake of the the remake. Yeah. I don't know. Is I didn't it... see it. Apparently, it's terrible. I've heard it's fucking awful. Yeah, it's mm. um, the guy who plays Zulu in the um, new Star Trek movies. His name I always forget. Um, oh, damn, really Joe. Like, yeah, because I actually really like John Cho, is it? 
not John Cho. Um, the, he's he's the uh, fucking the milf guy from American Pie. Yeah, Chuck's <laughs> yeah. a milf. Uh, just fine, Cho. John Cho. Mm, we like him. Uh, so yeah, he's also a producer and has produced a bunch of films. Some of them are good. Some of them are fucking terrible. There's another one he's potentially going to be direct, um, directing in 2022 as well. Right. Yeah. So this is like I said. Sam Raimi hasn't directed in years. He's just been producing stuff. Mm. And people usually point to Spider-Man 3 for being the reason that Sam Raimi kind of just couldn't be bothered mm. with big studios and being behind the camera and big budgets and all the pressure. So strangely enough, it is now alleged that he will be working for the biggest film studio right now, yeah. Marvel, and he's going to direct... The Doc- second Doctor Strange two into the multiverse of madness into the multiverse oh, sorry, the of multiverse of madness. I'm getting that confused with into the Spider Verse. Okay, I saw the first Doctor Strange film. Mm. It was weird. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate it, but yeah, God, that was. It's just like, hey, want to trip balls in the safety of a cinema? <laughs> um, so yeah, now Sam Raimi is doing. I don't really know much about Doctor Strange, but. It seems like he could do something interesting with it, but at the same time, Marvel isn't really a studio or any massive studio that kind of uh, facilitates maverick filmmakers. Mm. So the reason, jury's out. Reason they want to get him involved in that one is because they want it to have elements of horror in it. They actually want to have proper scary, nasty, dark moments in it. Okay. Like if I, I think I was going to say earlier on when I said I've got something to say about this film that might surprise you. It's literally apart from the new Thor movie. It's the only new Marvel movie I actually give a shit about. I, yeah, I would agree. We all know I'm not a big Marvel guy, but mm. uh, I did like Taika Waititi's um, Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Mm. So even though the new one sounds like a porno. Mm. I love him, him doing the new one again. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's him behind the camera again. So yeah, I'd like to. I'd check it out, mm. and I will watch this next strange film, Doctor Strange, just because it's Sam Raimi, mm. and I just want to see what the hell is he going to do with it, yeah. and also what are Marvel going to allow him, him to, to do, do with it. It's going to be like so. three years later, release the Raimi cut. You know. yeah. <laughs> so the future. Yeah, he's. Gonna be back mm. directing. Fingers crossed, man. Because it's, it's still not confirmed that it's gonna be him to do it. And I think I'm. Oh, gonna, I thought it was now, but I'm. I'm gonna be really disappointed if it's not him doing it. But like I said, my thing with Marvel is like, yeah, I loved the whole big arc. Oh. That that arc that is finished. Mm. Fucking leave it alone for a bit. Like I don't <laughs> need another six years of origin movies. Because those are the movies where I watch them. Apart from I think the last origin movie I enjoyed uh, was Ant Man. This isn't an origin, <clears throat> it's not, it's not, but like everything that they're basically building up for the new stuff, all the main characters now, like Falcon, Winter Soldier, they're all going, you know, what is it, Wanda and Vision, they're all going into TV series. I and don't like fucking care. They, <laughs> I, it's, it's, they've put me off. Like, like, if I, it's like now, if I want to keep in touch with it, it's like, right, so I've got to watch this show, this show, this show, this show. Are you sure you're not going to watch the Loki show, mate? Uh, um, I, um, sorry, I'll cut your hand off instead and give you the book to pin it down under the bucket. <clears throat> um, so, I, I, no, I can't be asked with any of it at the moment, mate. I need, I need a longer break from all of the Marvels. I don't care about the Black Widow film at all. I don't care about any of it, uh, really. For <laughs> being honest, there's nothing. I'm not. Yeah, but you know, 
Doctor Same. Strange part Doth with Bruce Campbell as Doctor Strange sounds awesome. <laughs> you know there'll be a fucking cameo. <laughs> Just I think it's I don't really rate Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm. Mm. Nah, I know like yes he can act. The only thing I've seen mm. him in that I thought yeah that was really good was the uh, Star Trek thing. Mm. He played Khan. Oh, I really like him. Even though he kind of... <laughs> a bit of overacting. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, that was enjoyable. But um, I like his, I, I the just... BBC Sherlock stuff he did. This, that's what made me like him. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah, that's what made him big, wasn't mm. it? But, I don't know. Anyway, we've been here for ages. We have. Thanks, <coughs> if you're still listening. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, the usual stuff. We are on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can check us out. We're on Facebook, kind of. It's just the same as the Instagram stuff. Hey, I post on our page. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. You can post stuff if you want. Yeah. Why not? Um, and you know, do the whole rate thing because it does. Yeah, it helps with algorithms. Do you want me to say it? Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> oh, God, I feel sick. But yeah, if you rate it, which is literally like the push of one fucking button on yeah. iTunes, then the more you basically algorithms work but basically if nobody knows who you are nobody ever will mm. so the more popular you are the more you are shoved in people's faces mm. so let's get to that stage yeah. <laughs> um yeah thank you for listening and we will see you we'll be back actually quite shortly i imagine yeah give it a week yeah give it a week give it a, give week. It a week we're busy mm. we're not we're not all right Toodaloo. bye